0: Hi. (laughs) First of all, before we even get into it, I want to say again, it's so nice to see you.
1: I know. I really like video chatting.
0: Me too. And I I hope all of our listeners out there are protecting themselves and being safe as well and encouraging other people to do so as well so that Jay and I can get back to recording the podcast (laughs) as normal (laughs) and face to face. Yeah. But it's nice to see you, and I'm excited to talk about stuff this week.
1: Me too. The interesting thing about this week's episode, listeners, is that I have zero pieces of news, and Robert has ten.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. And, of course, we're going to be talking about Adam at the end of this episode. So I'm... I, I feel like there's just going to be like a lot going on in this episode. Yeah. None of the news is goes together. So right. I guess we're all just like in for a wild ride. And also at the end of the episode, we're going to be talking about... What everybody's waiting to hear about?
1: <laughs> something, something huge regarding Ryan Murphy that is an exclusive I'm, story.
0: It is. I, I will say we break a lot of news, but this is like, I mean, no one, uh, there's not a new show coming out, but this I can't figure out. Yes. <laughs> I, and it's still happening. I'm so. Yeah, excited. it's an active story. Okay, first of all, I want to bring attention to your home city of Chicago.
1: Wow.
0: Because there is a new gay bar there that just opened up. I don't know if it just opened up like yesterday or if it's just like relatively new. But it's called The Birdcage, which I already love. Great movie. Let me see like exactly where it is. They are not sponsoring us. I have not talked to them at all. Like I just genuinely think it's so cool. It seems very like there's definitely like a birdcage like theme. Like it seems like you're inside of a birdcage. There are a lot of feathers and like barbs everywhere. Ooh, I love that right let me see like where it is location and Endowers. clark street okay (laughs) let me see here's the map it seems to be near uptown and ravenswood (laughs) okay maybe rose hill cemetery it's in like that little corner of whatever i'm looking at (laughs) ravenswood is a place it's on um it seems to be right next to a it's seems to be close to north ashland avenue is that a thing that is a thing so i mean if you're in chicago which i know some of you are it's open at like a distanced safe like thing but it looks really cool you should check it out <laughs> if all the Save news is like ours. this
1: i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> fully changing gears did you see that pete Buttigieg could get an emmy No, but this is, like, a real thing.
1: Okay, how, why, what?
0: He guest-hosted Jimmy Kimmel Live, which apparently there's an Emmy for.
1: Oh, like guest-hosting?
0: Yeah. He was the guest host, I mean, I assume, like, during his run or whatever, and apparently only, like, a small group of people have ever really, like, won that award. But he, he hasn't been nominated for it yet, obviously, but he has been submitted to get That's, a nomination, that man will not go away. <laughs> I think it's crazy and also cool. I love that that it that it's happening for something that has nothing to do with his politics or candidacy.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like him guest hosting and then just like potentially being nominated for an Emmy.
1: I think he will not win because i what I mean is I hope he will not win because he is bad.
0: <laughs> oh my god. I told you I'm going to try and like whip through this, but the next piece of news that I have is actually something to look forward to. You and I have kind of already talked about it, but it is there's a show coming out on Amazon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How dare you speak its name?
0: It's a docu series about the royals you know who everybody should be caring about right now honestly
1: that that's our number one priority right now is the royal family
0: right and so the docuseries will explore the rumors about lord mountbatten's open marriage and bisexuality which i did not know about me neither so it's a three-part docuseries about lord mountbatten who is prince philip's uncle who and if anybody knows i love the crown and that's how i have to think about it (laughs) (laughs) And apparently he had, like, a, um, like, him and his wife were both bisexual and had, like, uh, what is it called? Like, what, like a marriage where it's, like. An we're open marriage, like,
1: marriage. Or a lavender marriage.
0: Yeah. And they, like, explored with, like, other genders and stuff. But it was, like, stuffed away. Um, and the way that it was kind of, like, shoved off is being, like, he didn't have an open marriage in order to sleep with men. He had an open marriage to have an affair. It's just that not all of them were women. Interesting. Um, But the documentary is going to show that his wife is the one that was the one that kind of like led the whole thing. And the one that like quote unquote like cheated first, which has not been the narrative so far. Wow. Go her. And that apparently there's going to be like a lot of new information and like going into the fact that they had like a lot of threesomes and that it's something that the FBI looked into in the 1940s because there. Okay. So there were claims made that Lord Mountbatten had a perversion for younger boys. I see. And the question is, was that what it was? Or was it homosexuality, but because it was, you know, the 40s?
1: Yeah, it got turned into like, that.
0: Yeah, like, I. so I, I will be watching on uh, Amazon. But, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious as to what will happen. Yeah, so I'm super excited about it. When I watch it, if it's worth it, I will be bringing it back to one more thing.
1: Wow, I can't wait. Maybe it'll be one of our things that we watch. When does it come out?
0: Okay, new information about this show. So it's called The Private Lives of the Windsors okay, on the Smithsonian Channel. And you can oh, watch God. it through the Smithsonian Channel, if you would like, as opposed to Amazon. Or you can watch it on Amazon. And it, it's already out. That sounds great. However, I try
1: not to watch things on the Smithsonian Channel because I find them boring. So maybe That's- we
0: won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next piece of news... I'm very excited about, and uh, partial credit to this goes to your mom. Ah. Hallmark. Oh yes. <laughs> has said that this year's Christmas movies will feature gay characters and plot lines. Yeah. Let's be clear. That does not mean that there will be gay movies, or LGBT movies, but we will see the inclusion of characters, which I. I'm like over the moon about.
1: Yeah. Cause you love Hallmark
0: movies. I love it. Hallmark movies are the adult version of Disney channel original movies. Like I can watch them for hours and I love that it's happening on something that has been so iconically conservative.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's all like Candace Cameron.
0: Yeah. Like not that Hallmark channel is out there, you know, voting for Trump or anything like that, but like, The majority of the people that they hire are pretty conservative. The level of content in their movies is pretty conservative. I don't think I've ever seen anybody in anything that goes down below like the like neckline. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm excited to see this in households that would not have typically received this kind of treatment. But also something more in line with what we talk about. I love that when you if you go back and you watch Hallmark movies from the past couple of years there are gay characters they're just not gay you know what i mean like they're like gay coded characters or like yeah best friend of the girl but like never has a love interest and doesn't really like talk about their life or anything like that yeah. or even like the girl's like best girlfriend like where you're like they're like fucking <laughs> but they're not <laughs> so i'm excited that like those characters and the, that have been written before, are now getting, like, the life they deserve.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's great that those movies, like, the target demographic for those movies, no offense, is, like, middle-aged women. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's great that for a more conservative demographic, those things will be, like, Trojan Horse Din.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of like on Orange is the New Black when they were like, it's a show about a white girl who goes to prison. And then it was like, surprise, it's about lesbians and trans women. And I I think it'll be great to be like, oh, here's a, I mean, I'm sure it won't be a Candace Cameron movie because she would never. But it would be great for like a Melissa Joan Hart movie. If I'm, if like, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged mom and I'm like, my family and I are going to sit down and watch a Christmas movie together. And we're going to watch, you know, Holiday and Paradise or something.
0: (laughs) Honestly, name's already taken.
1: (laughs) And like, we're loving Holiday in Paradise, and then, oh, here comes a gay character. And then the kids are like, what's gay? And then they have to have that conversation. It's like, gotcha, suburban family.
0: I bring up your mom because we were talking about this with your mom, who then let me know that Hallmark is also coming out with a line of wine. Yeah. So can't wait to pair up. I do wish... That there was a gay movie coming out, and that they would have taken a note from Freeform, who did that Valentine's Day movie. But at the same time, I would have loved if Freeform did a Christmas movie. With yeah. Gays. Did you ever um, watch
1: that Freeform movie?
0: I did. Was I, it good? I, I I uh I loved it. It was a little basic. It was a little like I'm struggling to come out, like kind of stuff. Um, but my boy Jake was so hot and was so good in it. I like. My mouth just started drooling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gays love Christmas. (laughs) They do. So that's happening. I'm super excited. And like, hey, maybe we'll have Christmas movies to talk about in December. (laughs) Maybe. Beyond, I I mean, I hope that the Kristen Stewart movie is still coming out this year. (sighs) What's that one called? I don't know. What is it called? It's like not a Christmas name. It's like Jenny's Wedding. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's called Jenny's Wedding and it's coming out this year. Kristen Stewart. No, I don't want Kristen Stewart. Girlfriend holiday movie. Happiest season. Yes. I forgot Alison Brie is in it. That's going to be a lot. Anyway, yeah, I think it's great that Hallmark movies are getting gay characters. I think it's, it's, it's about time.
0: About time, one of my favorite movies. Okay, next thing to talk about. Niall DeMarco aka my future ex-husband um has, ex-husband
1: are you getting divorced
0: I just feel like I wouldn't be good enough for him oh, <laughs> that's so he's just so hot and so nice yeah. and I love him so much that like uh I feel like I would get it and then lose it but Niall DeMarco if you don't know who he is he won America's Next Top Model very famous sexually fluid deaf actor and he is set to star in his own tv scripted comedy series really that is based around his experiences as a charismatic street smart deaf man in modern times wow that's that's going to be good right and the show is but here's the kicker the show is being picked up by spectrum come on I was like, oh, fuck, I can't wait to watch this on, like, NBC. <laughs> but it'll be on Spectrum. I have Spectrum. I hate Spectrum, don't get it. But, like, I have Spectrum, can't wait to watch it. Spectrum has not has also not commented on it at all. So I'm curious, like, what happens there. Like, if they bought it and then we'll sell it? Or, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I know Spectrum TV is a thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I, I don't know. So, I and I mean, it just got announced that it's being created. So, we probably won't see it for another two or three years based You're on, right. like, the virus and stuff. So, I guess we'll circle back to it at some point. I'm looking at a picture of him and, like, he's just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he is like, how is that possible? Beautiful. Sorry, I got distracted uh, by his Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Next bit of news. <laughs> We're trucking along. I just have to like calm myself for a moment because I'm actually very excited to talk about this. Velma from Scooby-Doo is a lesbian.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she, yes. Yes, she is.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> yes, she is.
0: Is Allow this something me? you want to talk about?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot that happened this week because it feels like it feels like a lifetime. Let me find what they said about it. So this is from Tony Servone, Tony Servoni. I don't think that's actually his name. Tony Servone, who created Scooby Doo, and who I'm going to call Tony Servoni because I think that's a funny name.
0: And something to note about him though that is important is that he also directed the new Scoob movie. So this isn't somebody that, like, used to work on Scooby-Doo. Like, he's, like, currently and has all been, has been involved with it.
1: Yeah. So he says in an Instagram comment, I've said this before, but Velma in Mystery Incorporated is not bi. She's gay. We always planned on Velma acting a little off and out of character while she was dating Shaggy because that relationship was wrong for her, and she had unspoken difficulty with the why. There are hints about the why in that episode with the mermaid, and if you follow the entire Marcy arc, it seems as clear as we could make it ten years ago. I don't think Marcy and Velma had time to act on their feelings during the main timeline, but post-reset, they are a couple. You cannot like it, but this was
0: our intention. (laughs) Which is also great news because you know who plays velma in my favorite linda
1: cardellini who has now officially played a queer woman three times
0: (laughs) in what
1: scooby-doo in dead to me is that what that's called
0: yeah she is queer and dead to me
1: and a simple favor
0: oh my god i literally always forget that she's in a simple favor
1: yeah, and she plays, Blake, she plays the lively ex-girlfriend who is a painter, and it is...
0: And she, like, kind of tries to fuck Anna Kendrick. Yeah! <laughs> and it's so hot! <laughs> so, very excited for Velma. I'm waiting for the day that Freddy comes out. <laughs> Maybe we'll see it at some point. But I'm excited because, like, I, I don't know about you, but I grew up on Scooby-Doo. I didn't, but... but... I feel like my... Uh, my generation (laughs) was Uh kind of like the last to really like love love scooby-doo like it was a it was a like scooby-doo is on like we're watching kind of deal but that also could be that i'm just very old now so yeah you're only two years older than me so the last bit of news before i kind of head into the heavier hitting finale kind of stuff have you heard of this show called the old guard
1: yes and i know what you're going to talk about it's a movie not a show
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, I know very little about it.
1: I just uh, know it stars Charlize Theron and there's a gay thing in it.
0: Yeah. So it's it's her. There's like some other people. I keep getting ads for it, but I I haven't watched any of the ads. It seems like a very new thing on Netflix. Yes.
1: It came out last um, week,
0: I think. Yeah. I. It's in my list. I haven't I haven't watched it, so I will definitely report back. But apparently, there is a twist in it uh, that it features a gay romance between two immortals, which I think weirdly is hot. <laughs> because is I'm like, oh, I'm like, these two guys are going to be in love forever. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's fair. Their names are Joe and Nikki, which I don't believe that. I don't I don't know anything about this show, but there's no way that there are two immortals. Named Joe and Nikki.
1: Yeah, no, especially Nikki.
0: Um, but they're played by, I'm gonna butcher all of this. Um, Marwin, Mar- Uh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look him up. Oh no, he's very hot. Oh, oh my God! It was the guy that played Jafar in the new Aladdin movie, who Whoa. is hot, 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 hot. And then the other guy's name is Luca. Let's see what he was in. Oh, no. He's definitely the uh, most uh, unattractive of the two. However, okay, I don't think I've ever seen what he was in, but he's also very attractive. (laughs) So I will be watching The Old Guard and reporting back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, please do report back, because I'm very interested to hear what it actually is. If they kiss,
0: I'll explode.
1: I don't think they kiss.
0: But apparently their, like, romance is, like, the main subplot of the movie. yeah. So very excited. Also, the director, Gina, is A, a woman and not white. So support it.
1: <laughs> yeah, she directed Love and Basketball, which is one of my favorite movies.
0: Oh, fuck. Good. Um, and she did um The Secret Life of Bees.
1: Oh, and Beyond the Lights. I love Beyond the Lights. Now to head
0: into, like, two kind of heavier things.
1: One of our big things to discuss this week is this BuzzFeed article that was sent to us by multiple people both listeners and friends. Basically, the, so the, the headline is, former employees say Ellen's be kind talk show mantra masks a toxic work culture. If Ellen wants, this is not continuing the headline, this is the subheader. If Ellen wants to have her own show and have her name on the show title, she needs to be more involved to see what's going on, one former employee said. So basically this article tells the story of a bunch of former and current Ellen employees who are like it's a racist environment it's just an evil environment it's like all kinds of bad there's a black woman who what's the black woman's story there's a black woman
0: who it says a black woman who used to work on the ellen DeGeneres show told buzzfeed news that she experienced racist comments actions and microaggressions during her year and a half as an employee when she was hired a senior level producer told her another black employee quote oh, wow, you both have box braids. I hope we don't get you confused at a work party. And also the main writers told her, quote, I'm sorry, I only know the names of the white people that work here. And other co-workers were, quote, awkwardly laughing it off instead of coming to her defense. And I want to say this article is probably like a solid, like, nine-minute read.
1: Yeah, it's a long article. And it's got all kinds of stories, all kinds of people coming forward. It even has a section in the middle where it's like, Got any tips? Email us at like Ellenisevil.com
0: or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Just at one more thing podcast at (laughs) gmail.com. I mean, we could probably pick apart this whole article, but just know that like it's full of evidence, which I feel like is something that we've been lacking in our hatred of Ellen over the years because it's kind of just been like we know she's awful and like, look at these little things that she's been doing that like aren't super great. And now it's like, here are people that are around her all the time, that are familiar with her, that have worked under her, saying what we've been thinking for years.
1: It's the Great Ellen Reckoning.
0: Really, and it seems to go beyond, like I mean, you could probably say it about any boss or like CEO, that they don't fully comprehend what's happening on the lower level on the work pyramid. On, of their company or whatever, but this seems to go beyond that in so many different directions, and I'm, I'm glad that we're calling people out.
1: Yeah, I wish, I will say I wish this article called Ellen herself out more, and not just the show, but honestly, it's a start. I've, Ellen needs to retire,
0: and... I'm curious if they won't renew her studio contract after the virus and stuff. Yeah. Like I like if I was them, I would cancel it and replace it with something led by a black woman who has a great voice and we're right now seeing so many women step forward into light that is being given to them by bigger companies and so I'm like, oh, literally anybody that's speaking up right now could be up for Ellen's spot. In my utopia.
1: Gabriel Union. Oh my
0: god. I would watch the shit out of that. Me too. I love Bring It On. (laughs) And break in. Okay, so now we're going to head into what I'm going to call the Ryan Murphy part of the episode. Which will contain three parts. Three? Yes. The first part being something about one, we have a show, that I learned. Um... I did not know that Leah Michelle had like got permission from Ryan Murphy to marry Zandy. What? <laughs> like Leah? Okay, let me read the exact quote. She said, "Quote: When my boyfriend got the seal of, of approval from Ryan Murphy, that was it. Yes, my parents, yes, my friends, whatever, but Ryan Murphy was the done deal that sealed it." Which <laughs> I don't get that's at all i don't i don't get it
1: i feel like i'm living in an alternate universe
0: she also said that she blacked
1: out during the proposal <laughs> uh, i mean i get that i've blacked out during important moments in my life
0: oh sure absolutely okay so now drum roll please <laughs> it's time for us to talk about ryan murphy So the story kind of started with Naya, which we'll get to in a minute. But Jay had texted me that.
1: Ryan, Brad, and Ian set up a college fund for Josie.
0: And I was like, oh, well, like, let me go read Ryan's post about it, assuming that there was one. And then I went to Ryan's profile on my personal Instagram, which you can follow, and (laughs) was not following him, A, which is not how it used to be. And B, he's now private, which I was like, well, that can't be. He's literally Ryan Murphy, maybe. And then I thought like, oh, maybe he like made every like he kicked everybody off of his Instagram because you can like go in and remove followers. And I was like, oh, maybe he like just kept it as like verified people only, I guess. Um, But no, that's not true. So then I went to the one more thing Instagram.
1: Which you can also follow.
0: Yep. And can't get in on there either. So then I text you and was like, hey, can you get into Ryan Murphy's Instagram? Because I cannot. I'm showing it to Jay right now. Like, I am still <laughs> out of it. And Jay was like, oh, my God, like, let me check. And you were like, uh, yeah, I can get it." <laughs> yeah, I follow him. So then that was kind of part one. And then I was like, okay, well, like maybe something happened. Maybe I wasn't actually following him at first and now he's private or uh, I I don't know. So let me, let me follow request him. And so I follow requested him on one more thing and on our, like my personal one. And about a day went by and then I went in and the follow request has been removed. (laughs) Like, I, like, when you follow request somebody, it goes from, like, the blue follow button to, that's crazy to me. It goes from the blue follow button to, uh, like, a gray request sent. Right. Button, and that request sent is not there anymore. It just says follow. So Ryan Murphy is literally blocking me from his Instagram, <laughs> and I need to know why. It has It has been made abundantly clear to us that... People on Ryan Murphy's staff listen to the podcast. We get it. I hear you. Don't say anything. Fine. But, like, I know you're out there. And now I need to know why I have been blocked from Instagram. Uh, And why have I not been blocked? (laughs) That's the crazy part. Maybe it's because I post more frequently. I don't know. Like, I, I haven't said boo about Leah on my Instagram that has not been in my close friends. So I don't know what's going on there Ryan Murphy but I would like an explanation and accept my follow request because even though I have a deep hatred for Ryan I still respect him to a level and and like will watch everything that he produces for the rest of his life. Yeah, obviously. So I but also with that the the college fund news was very heartwarming
1: yes definitely
0: especially thinking back to what is known about their relationship on set uh it's just like very nice to hear from him yes uh and i guess that's a good segue into the rest of the stuff i wanted to talk about with naya Obviously, we talked about her last week, and I think the most touching part of us talking about it last week is that we've heard from listeners who also are very upset and moved by what's happened. Yeah. Who like ha- have found solace in us talking about it, and like I, I feel like talking about it on here is the best way for me to kind of like expel it, if that makes sense. And like, I don't think I haven't thought about her since it happened.
1: Definitely. I've been thinking about her constantly.
0: So something kind of silly, but something that Jay and I definitely believe in um, that happened is this was, was this the day after she was found
1: this? Yeah. It was the night of the day that she was found.
0: So I, I woke up and I, you know, I was really upset. I mean, uh, as much as everybody else was. And that night I had this dream where I can't remember now, obviously, but I text you about it and, like, Naya was there in my dream. There were, like, other people around and she was also there. And it was, like, chill. Like, it was cool. And I the presence of her made me happy. And there was no kind of, like, interaction beyond that. And I woke up and I texted you and I was like, you know, this crazy thing happened. I had this dream about Naya. And then you said this. That's not what
1: happened. Actually, no, Ellen, that's not the It's the
0: reverse. Yes. Is it, is it the reverse, you text me about it first, right? Yeah.
1: I was the I was okay, the original yes.
0: texter. <laughs> so so you take it. What what so what happened?
1: <laughs> yes, you had that dream, but I also had a dream. I had this dream where basically like I was in a I was in a classroom. I don't remember the dream specifically, except for one particular part. I think I was like in a classroom or maybe that's the dream I had last night. I don't really know. But I definitely know that Naya was in the dream. And she said to me, like, I'm good. I'm like fine and okay. And everything is going to be okay. And so I, the next morning, was like, I texted you and my friend Kaylee, friend of the podcast, Kaylee. And I said... I'm
0: also a huge fan of, by the way. I just want to put that on air. Huge (laughs) fan. Go follow her on TikTok. She's great.
1: Her TikTok username was Nancy Joe Official. <laughs> I texted you and her, just being like, "This is going to sound so weird, but I had this dream about Naya, and she basically said she was okay." And then simultaneously, both of you were like, "Okay, I also had a dream about her." And in Kaylee's dream, she was a mermaid and she swam away. I know, I know. And Creep. in in your dream, you know whatever happened, and in my dream, whatever happened, but. Just all three of us were really torn up about her. And then we all had this dream where she was like, it's all good. It's going to be fine. And I think, you know, people don't believe in it and people do believe in it. And we both do believe in it. But I do think that was, if not her presence, some kind of presence coming to us and basically being like, "It's she's at peace.
0: Yeah, which uh, kind of was what I needed.
1: Yes, me too.
0: And I I then decided to watch season one of Glee. And I have to say, like, I, even though I'm, like, obviously having fun with it, just, like, reminiscing on, like, watching it. Because I don't think I've sat down and, like, watched Glee since it aired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Certainly, I've never binge watched it, which I'm doing now, and it's remarkable how emotional I got. And through watching it, I like it, like really hit me, like how hard this is hitting me emotionally. Yeah. And I was, I was talking to other people about it, which, I, which I love that, like, in mourning Naya, I now am like, oh my gosh, like look at all my friends who also love her, which I never realized before. And I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, I think this is just hitting me so hard because I, this is like my first like childhood like celebrity morning situation. Like I've never really gone through something like this before where I'm like, I'm a fan of this person and I feel connected to them in my life. And now they're gone and it's like hitting me like somewhere that I didn't know existed. And through watching Glee, I like got that and it's for some reason like bringing me some sort of like contentment with it or like solitude if that makes sense solitude or uh solitude is not the right word like um it's bringing me like a, a like a sense of like calm serenity yes yes that's starring
1: it. starring Anne hathaway and matthew mcconaughey
0: i haven't thought about that movie in so long <laughs> one of i think the most moving things that i've seen so far is the response from the cast yes definitely because it would have been very easy for them to be like, heart emoji, love you, Naya, done. But that's like not what's happening. And if, especially with some of the like core cast members, they're still sending out messages like Kevin McHale is out there like almost every day. Yeah. Telling stories about Naya and Heather Morris as well. And the, some of the things that they have to say is just really eye opening to the kind of person that she was. Because obviously we only know her from her book and what we've seen on TV. Right. And putting like hearing those words and putting kind of like a real person on her has been so nice to see, especially from people that she's been so close with over the years. The memorial at the lake is so beautiful. And I love that there's the pride flag there. And I also didn't realize how many people she touched. Oh, I did. Like, I I remember when we were talking about it in the last episode, we were kind of like, oh, wow. But, like, now whenever I go on TikTok, that it's, like, all I see on YouTube. Like, everybody's, like, Naya, like, you know, what we were talking about last week. Like, changed my life and, like, helped me realize And it was so nice to see her in Glee and stuff like that. And I I don't think I realized, like, how many people were, were, like, truly affected by her. Because we have such a bias with her being in our lives so deeply, right? Yeah. Um, where I'm like, oh, not everybody talks about Nia every day, <laughs> right? Um, but one one thing that I want to draw attention to is something that Kevin McHale posted yesterday, or maybe on Saturday. He said, as strange as it is, grieving the loss of a friend who was a public person. It has been endlessly comforting reading what Naya has meant to so many of you. I'm getting emotional reading this. Um, Even if you did not know her personally, it's helped me during this awful time to see how far her light reached. I'm literally crying reading this. Yeah, Um, you are. (laughs) It's also been extraordinary, or it's also been extraordinary to see the countless articles about her talent and skill. We knew how brilliant she was beginning, uh, we knew how brilliant she was because we got to see her work every day. But credit is so rarely given where it's due. So thank you to the writers out there for your thoughtful articles. And I just can't.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had not read what you just read. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: it's hard for me to talk about. Yeah, I just... It, it, and I, I think what I meant earlier about, like, I didn't realize how far she reached people is that Naya to me, in my mind at least, was never like a prolific figure. Sure, yeah. And now I'm realizing like actually how much she was, maybe even without realizing herself, how ex- like exactly how many people she influenced over the years. And the thing that's been in my mind this whole time is that thing that you said A couple times that like it was her idea to make Santana not straight yeah yeah and I I don't know I'm gonna miss her I'm gonna miss talking about her and I'm so glad that we have we like uh like owe the podcast to her and it's so nice to have you guys the listeners out there because of her basically (laughs) yeah okay so to like totally shift gears yes let's talk about Adam
1: yeah let's talk about Adam
0: so glad that we finally saw it after all of this time.
1: Yeah, all, we've been talking about it for, like, a year. More. That, probably, like, two
0: that, years. That, uh, I remember first hearing about it from you because I was looking for a book recommendation for my cousin. And you were like, this is a book that I read. It's, like, kind of controversial, but, like, it's a good book. And I was like, okay, and just gave it to her. And then I didn't really think anything of it until the. Uh, we're big fans of Margaret Qualley. Yeah. Yeah. And when we found out that the, not only that it was being made into a movie, but that she was going to be in it, we were like, we have to be there. And then it just, like, seemingly didn't come out for, like, forever.
1: Yeah, it didn't come out because it was so controversial.
0: And we had Jude Dry on the podcast, who was an extra in the movie and also a writer at IndieWire. And we talked about it briefly. But obviously, since the movie wasn't out, no one really knew. So now it's out, it's on Hulu. You watched it. We watched it. What did you think?
1: Let's start by saying what we would give it out of 10. Ooh, good idea. And we'll do Uh, it at the same time. Okay, let me think. Okay. Ready? One, two, three, two. Two. I Ah! I love it.
0: Wow, 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 wow. I was going to say, that's... Honestly, we have such a good job with that. That is not the first time that's happened. Yeah. Um I was going to say 2.5 because there are aspects of it that I really liked, but I but I couldn't give it that extra 0.5.
1: Yeah, it I it's it's like 2.0. It's barely 2. It it's like creeping over the line into
0: 2. I had to take notes just to like keep myself going through the movie. <laughs> Because there were points where I was like, I mean, I know I don't like it. I can just stop watching now and say that I did. (laughs) But I did watch the whole thing, mainly because I do love Margaret so much.
1: At one point, I thought about texting you like, hey, I just can't finish this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I thought about all all of our listeners out there who did sit through it because we suggested it. And I was like, it's our duty to talk about how bad this movie is. I truly...
1: What kept me going was the fact that weeks ago when we first recommended it, David texted us and was like, I just watched Adam, interested to hear what you think. And I was like, if we made David watch it and I was just talking to David today, he's a real person. <laughs> we forced yeah, someone like, to watch this. I have to keep
0: watching it. Um. So my notes kind of vary from things that I just found interesting and like fun to problems that I had okay but my first note as i said is we stand, margaret
1: yeah i forgot she was in it uh, obviously i forgot she was in it i forgot anna gastire was in it i forgot mj rodriguez was in it
0: <laughs> you forgot everybody yeah. i was like yes jay <laughs> um lover she's an incredible actress yeah margaret is so good if you don't know who we're talking about she's from the leftovers she's from fossey burden where she was also like very good she's from one um,
1: on time in hollywood
0: Oh my god, she's definitely underused in this, talent-wise. Yeah. But I I loved her character. I loved her. I still had problems with her character actually. Yeah. And I wish that her character had more to say. But also, let's solidify before we really get into this. You have read the book, right?
1: Yeah, I've read the book. I read it the summer after my freshman year of college. So it and I haven't reread it since. Okay. and i didn't I didn't even like look up a Wikipedia plot synopsis of it beforehand. However, I do want to say, I know what the problems people had. i I enjoyed it when I read it, especially because it that was like sort of right when I was beginning like my journey into like trans masculinity. And I was sort of like, it's it sort of like opened a couple doors for me. but, I I'm a hundred percent, a thousand percent aware of the issues some people have with it, or the issues people have with it, not some people. And I will say to the movie's defense, it fixed those problems. Interesting. Because one of the big problems people had with it the book. Two with the book. Two of the big problems that people had with the book were one, there's like a there's a rape scene in the book where oh. he I mean it's
0: it's, Between who?
1: Uh, Adam and Jillian. Because what happens is he has been... There's like multiple times where he uses the um, strap-on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the final time they have sex he doesn't... He goes into the bathroom to put the strap-on in and pretends he put it on but, uses, but he really uses his penis. Oh. Yeah. And you know, that is rape. So people, di- people didn't like that. Um, and then yeah. the other problem is that in the book, I mean, there are a lot of problems with that people have, but one of the big problems with the book is, like, in the book, it's implied that, like, lesbians can date trans men because they're basically women.
0: Mm-hmm. That was and- a big, I feel like that was very active in the movie as well. What do you mean? I feel like because there were so few references to trans women, I don't know. There was something about the relationship between Margaret and like Margaret's relationships throughout the movie. And they, I feel like Margaret also gets called out like once or twice. Yeah. For it, where I was like, oh, is this like a real thing? Like, does this exist in those communities? Does what exist? I feel like the idea of, like, trans-exclusive radical feminism, which Jay just told me off mic, um, <laughs> was, was brought up a lot, and it was used against Margaret's character, but they did it without, like, ever really talking about it.
1: Okay, I, I disagree. So the people, the problem that people have with the book is that, like, literally in the book, they say... Like, one of the lesbians says, like, dating a trans guy is the same as dating
0: a woman. Oh, yeah, that didn't happen.
1: Yeah. And and the book, like, heavily implies that. And Jillian is, like, in the movie, Jillian's like, I've never dated a trans guy before. I guess I'm bisexual. Like, at the end, she realizes she's bisexual. And in the book, she's just sort of like, well, I'm still a lesbian, even if I date a trans guy. Hmm. And I think the book, I think the movie corrected those issues, like that specific issue.
0: I can definitely see that, especially in this scene where they're sitting down to watch the L Word. Also, speaking of that scene with the L Word, I thought it was so funny that Leo played that character. Huh? Leo, the trans guy that they lived with, who, like, talks about the L Word and stuff, is in the L Word reboot. Wait, really? Yeah. Leo's the, like, trans character that they added to kind of, like, make up for the, like, transness mistakes that they made in the original series. Wow, that's, that's crazy. He's the one that's, like, uh, he's the one that, like, lets Adam borrow shirts. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, gets mad at him at one point. And we follow him on Instagram. He's really great. And he's a really big activist and, like, love him. And when he showed up and I was like, oh, cool, this is fun. Love that guy. And then it was like, oh, we're watching The L Word tonight. And I was like, whoa, can't believe they – they. I mean, I'm glad this movie came out after. Okay, my next note is a question for you. Did you ever go to huge house parties? Because I feel like Hollywood makes it seem like huge house parties happen a lot more frequently than they do. What do you – um? in college yeah this was around where i started to be like i mean i maybe don't like this movie <laughs> where where i was like why are they at a party like why are parties happening wait which party There's so many parties it's the party where he throws the drink on on jillian oh um i've never been to
1: like an all queer party or like an all lesbian party
0: me neither i don't know enough queer people to like fill a house
1: um i have been to like big house parties
0: though in apartments in new york um i've thrown them but I, i've never i've never been invited to that <laughs> uh,
1: I, I haven't since high school the parties i've been to since high school are just like regular parties but i've been to like crazy are, am i saying high school or college
0: i guess both i mean i know that they're in well i didn't probably I didn't, more go to,
1: party, but. I didn't go to parties in high school but in college i definitely went to like big
0: house parties I you were a partier. You. I have to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Just bleep it out. <laughs> so my next probably thirteen notes are all the same thing. Okay. Um, can if you or any listener really Adam as a character is so unlikable. So unlikable. I never understood why they hung out with him from jump. I don't know why they were letting him visit. He was so mean to everybody. He's so awkward and uncomfortable. I don't understand why. Like, his friendship with these people felt so forced. Yeah. That I was like, this is not a true situation. Like, these people would not be actively hanging out together.
1: Yeah, even even the fact that they're related. I was like, she would not want to spend time with him. No. If, if I was Margaret Qualley's character, which I basically am, I had, like, a a straight little brother who wanted to come visit. I would be, like, hell no. Or I would be, like,
0: fine, I'm going to make it as straight as possible.
1: Yeah. Well, especially, like, it's the summer after their freshman year of college, and they're, like, living in an apartment for the first time. I would be, like, listen, I want to, like, explore my sexuality. I don't want to have this 18-year-old straight dog here, like (laughs) –
0: it also was so weird to me that, like, there was never a portion of it where they were like, cool, you're here in New York. Let's go, like, around the city.
1: It was very yeah. much like,
0: Adam's here and now he can just come to all of our plans that we already had.
1: Yeah, that, there like, was never, like, obviously like let's don't go to include him. State Building.
0: Yeah, I never... I, I, that part was definitely missing for me. Um, all, But the the moment of the movie where I decided that I, A, didn't like it, and B, didn't like Adam, is when he decided to blackmail Margaret. Yeah. They're, like, standing outside, and she's like, I'm not going to do this. And he says, do it or I'm telling our parents. And she's like, okay, fine. And I was like, this is the first thing that's wrong for me. (laughs) (laughs) Because up until that point, it was kind of just like a slow movie. And then I was like, nope, I'm out. And then... I, and I did not trust Adam as a character for the rest of the movie. Yeah, totally. Um, I also said, I fixed the movie. It goes like this. Quote, I've never dated a trans guy before. Quote. Oh, cool. Well, I'm not. Roll <laughs> credits. <laughs> I was so mad. At first, I was like, oh, maybe it's a movie where it's never going to, he's never going to explicitly say that he's trans. And it'll be like a big, like, oh no, that's what she thought. And he just never like corrected her. But then when he like actively is like, oh no, yes, I'm a trans man, I yeah. was like, mm, that you crossed the line for me. <laughs> like, this is not a Dear of handsome lie. This is like a, like a deep personal lie. Yeah. And also, like, what was his plan was he just gonna go through the rest of his life pretending to be a trans man just so that he can like be with this girl
1: well he always knew that he was going back to high school at the end of the summer
0: I guess I mean there was a point in the movie where I was like is this just his life when he left at the end of the movie I was like oh right (laughs) the one part of the movie that I did really appreciate is the scene where they talk about M. Night Shyamalan because as we all know, I am M. Night Shyamalan's only fan. And it was just really nice that to see some M. Night fan. Shyamalan. <laughs> um, it was nice to see some M. Night representation on screen. Also, I agree that this girl does look like Lady in the Water, Bryce Dallas Howard, as like the mermaid nymph. And, and but in that scene, Adam is like, oh, I, I like don't like M. Night Shyamalan. So fuck you, Adam. M. Night is great. And your girlfriend was right. I also just have a note that says, too much kissing in this film. There was too much kissing. It was a lot of, like, noisy kissing, which I was like, is this movie just badly or, like, poorly mixed? Or is there a Foley artist somewhere, like, making out with someone into a mic? Okay, a part of the movie that I do want to talk about, kind of outside of the movie as well, is the sequence where he, like, researches... Like, quote unquote, like, how to be a trans man.
1: That was crazy because I own and have read the book he reads. <laughs> what book? Female Masculinity by Judith Halberstam.
0: Oh, yes, yes. It reminded me of one movie called Three Generations, <laughs> which, if you've God. never seen it, don't, but we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. And in it, Elle Fanning, who plays a trans man, like, films themselves and like makes a vlog and I didn't realize that that was like such a popular thing in the trans community and so I do applaud this movie for like showing me that it's something that I definitely could have (laughs) learned by myself I didn't need the movie but I was like oh that's kind of cool and kind of put the thought in my head of like where would we be without the internet like my brain then started going back to even like the videos of people coming out, where there was that trend of like teenagers posting their coming out videos. Yeah. And like now, like all of this literal informational, these literal informational videos about transness that has probably helped so many like teens and people across the world. And that never, that didn't hit me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's, it's, it's like a big thing in the trans community to like document your transition and like people get famous for documenting their transitions. But I think it was more, it was even more of a thing in like the early two thousands, which is apparently when this movie takes place, it was crazy that at the beginning it said 2006. And then there was never another timestamp. Like I could have figured out that it was 2006 from the fact that they had flip phones. You didn't need to tell me it was 2006.
0: Also Adam dressed like. Dressed like
1: 2006.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, the, the thing that I didn't like about the video situation, though, is that it was very clear that the intention was Adam is watching these videos in order to learn how to fake it better, as opposed to Adam is watching these videos to learn about this community that he's, like, inserting himself into.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. And I think that's one of the many reasons that Adam is an unlikable character.
0: Yeah, and I and for that scene to go from that kind of like montage of research to him going to the I don't know what you would call it, the like club that was like women only.
1: The play it was called a play party.
0: Which let me tell you, it looked kind of fun.
1: I want to go to one, but no one will ever invite me.
0: You have to get invited.
1: Well, I just don't know where they are, and I'm not going to go heard alone. Heard it here
0: first. If you're in New York and know where some play parties are for Jay to go to, DM us.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to go alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. what I, I don't want to watch what you would get into or who or. <laughs> if but, you're in
1: New York and you want to be my girlfriend, then DM us.
0: There we go. I did like how he did get nervous going in, but I cannot believe that he went in. Yeah. Yeah. What? An, like. If he was not already an unlikable character, that's another moment where I would have been like, oh, I'm out. (laughs) Like, yes, it was nice to, like, take the movie into that space, but I didn't need him there for that. Like, they could have left and it could have followed Margaret in and Adam doing something else. I, uh, it just, uh, it got to me.
1: Yeah, Um, and the thing was that there was no, like, redemption for Adam. It was just like, he's a terrible person. And then at the end, it was like, Oh, and now he has a trans friend, so now he's better. But it was like, well, he still did all these terrible
0: things. I mean, not to harp on, like, the whole, like, him going into the play, the play place.
1: Play place? Play place is (laughs) McDonald's.
0: A, he just stole some leather. (laughs) (laughs) just put it on. And I got mad. Whose leather was that? Who touched it? Who was in it? What was on it? Well, remember, at
1: the end, he leaves the party, and they're like, hey, that's our vest.
0: Uh. I probably wasn't watching. Um, But then I wrote, like, I get how the whole movie can be looked at as a cis guy is learning and being exposed to the trans and queer community. But in the movie, all he does is take advantage of it. It seems to me like something like Tootsie. Because in Tootsie, it's just a cis guy, like, reaping the benefits of pretending to be a woman. Right. Because he couldn't get a job. And in this, it's just like, this guy couldn't get a girlfriend, so he pretended to be trans in order to like make some progress i guess yeah not to compare uh, gen like the tootsie gender stuff and the adam gender stuff but like uh i, I it, it just reminded me like problems that i have with transness in cinema
1: yeah i mean well yeah
0: like that these problems are here it, it, it reminded me that these problems are not specific to adam that these yes. problems like exist in other film and television and stories and stuff as well. They're just amplified in Adam because that's all there is.
1: Yeah. And cause it's a bad movie.
0: Yeah. Um, Oh, okay. Here's my question. Here's my last kind of question about the movie. Why did he do it? I don't know. Like why? <laughs> I feel like, like that's why... the problem with the movie. Yeah, like, why was it at such a high stake that he felt like he had to do this in order to have a girlfriend? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was kind of nothing else he was trying to accomplish. Like, I don't—like, that part of the movie never connected for me. And I feel like if they did, it would have, you know, bumped it up to maybe, like, a three.
1: Well, and we never really see his and Jillian's relationship before— like, we don't see them establish a connection before she's like, I've never dated a trans guy. We just see that they, like, chat a little bit. And then she's like, I kind of like you. And yeah. then
0: he's like, Wah! The last thing I hate about the movie is that I hated that it ended with the two cis people being like, cool, that was fun. Thanks for, like, being my love interest. Like, like like, it, it, like I wanted, like, a, Adam, like, you're an asshole. You did the wrong thing. Fuck you.
1: Well, I feel like we kind of got that with Leo.
0: I, or sorry, let me specify. I wanted it from Jillian. Like gotcha. I, I feel like when the two of them walked off together, I was like, cool, they could like maybe fuck again. Like, they, like if he wasn't going home, they would probably still date, which is not what I what I wanted. Very much like with Dear Evan Hansen. Like I hate that Evan gets off.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: And I I know that his relationship with Margaret is kind of screwed and like his relationship with Leo is definitely gone. And I am kind of glad that his relationship with his best friend from back home or whatever is kind of ruined for him. I just hated Adam as a person and as a movie.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I wish, like, there had been any moment where we see how Adam has grown at
0: all. Mm-hmm. But there simply wasn't. Nope. It would have been great if it was, like, three chapters of adam going and experiencing the trans and queer community in new york and then he goes back home to suburbia and is like oh my gosh yeah i guess i'm sorry for making everybody watch it but i'm glad we got to talk about it after all this time yeah i am excited for next week though
1: yeah next week we're watching the babysitters club and you've already finished
0: it i watched it all in one sitting i didn't get up (laughs) It's short episodes. They're only like a half hour long. There are only 10 of them. You can totally binge it in a day. It's not anything too heavy. Like you don't have to sit down and like, you know, pay attention to all of it. Like it is meant for children. Yeah. However, amazed by some of the content that they cover in it. Like uh, amazed. And I have to shout out Kaylee again for suggesting (laughs) it to us. Um, I know I already thanked her via text through you, but like just making it public. Thank you for making me watch it because I would not have watched it otherwise. I think it's great. I, if I had kids, I would show it to them. I'm jealous that I did not. I'm jealous that I did not grow up with television like that. I cannot wait to talk about it.
1: Yeah, we have to wait for next week before
0: we say any of this. Yeah. So like, if you're listening to this and you were kind of like, eh, I'm not gonna watch it, whatever. No, do it. Trust me. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Otherwise, I guess we'll talk next
1: week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.